At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money on v the sports betting network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Busy three-hour show on tap here on a Monday morning. Coming up in an hour, David Thorpe on the NBA uh, all of the stuff that has happened over the weekend and where we're sitting today with the latest numbers in that sport. And in 90 minutes, we'll have Adam Chernoff on the program for two segments, uh, SeniorStrategistCovers.com, also frequent guest on this show throughout the football season. We'll get his best bets on the NFL draft, which is where we are going to begin. Of course, the event is out here in Las Vegas, and uh, everybody is flocking to this city starting, well, basically last night and into this morning. And uh, I made more bets, which we'll get into throughout this show, Paulie, over the weekend, um, you excited? What's your level uh, one through ten with the event out here now? Uh, I'm, I'm up there. It's going to yeah. be fun. Uh, it's not. It's unfortunate that there's not a lot of juice with this draft. Number one, I think there's a lot of talent. I don't know about the trades, and I don't know about uh, that. We're going to have a lot of uh, news in terms of what's going to happen. But the the props uh, continue to go fast and furious as well. It's getting juicy there from a standpoint. I mean, we who knows? I mean, this was supposed to be a done deal with Hutchinson number one. We got two respected guys saying Walker and Neil now. Yeah. This is now we're getting into something. Yes, we are. Yes. Uh, And I'd never really bought all that steam on Hutchinson anyway. When he got to a $4 favorite, I'm like, "Uh, why does it have to be Hutchinson by default? Mm. Now that the Jags basically added some guys or, you know, put that uh, franchise tag on Cam Robinson during the offseason. And I've looked at basically uh, in the $1.40, $1.50 range now for him to go number one overall. One other thing that's unfortunate out here locally, is that the Raiders don't have a first-round pick. That takes some of the steam off of it. And then, mm-hmm. board, you know, books cannot offer that now. Like, what are the Raiders going to do with their first pick? And over the years, that was, like, the best betting opportunity, in my opinion, because it was Mayock and Gruden, and you knew which way they were going to go. They were going to go Clemson or Alabama almost every single time, and they did. And it was a pretty fun way to make money, and now that is no longer in existence. I feel confident that Corral's going to go in the first round. Over the weekend, William Hill put up 32 and a half. Uh, I'm more I'm more convinced or more confident rather in Corral than Ritter now for first round. We mentioned Friday that Corral is plus three fifty to be third quarterback overall. Florio is hearing Evan Neal to Jacksonville. You can find twenty and twenty five to one uh, with that selection still. Points bets got one of those up at uh, twenty to one, I believe. And uh, Peter King has Walker going number one. Right. 
So if Walker goes oh. one, does Hutchison go number two then to the Lions? Yeah, I know, because then Thibodeau is down to three and a half now. He is. In some draft spots, he's minus 110 to go second. He's the favorite to go uh, fourth. He's the favorite to go second and fourth. He's under three and a half for his draft prop. Um, and the other thing you have to worry about is line season and the fact that people could come out and rip a guy on purpose because, well, just, they want to take him. So they're going to... Uh, Rip the kid in the media, too. Well, it, it ties into what you said about Matt Corral, right? Yeah. Um, and here's a note for you from over the weekend. An NFL offensive coordinator told SI's Albert Breer that Matt Corral has, quote, off-field questions. Quote, he's kind of a mess. I'm not sure you want him leading your program. His issues aren't the kind solved by giving millions of dollars. Corral had the lowest Wonderlick, 15 out of the top 12 quarterbacks. Ooh. That, to me, as soon as I read the quote, had smokescreen jump off the page. Yeah, because well, that's the only time we've heard that. If he if he was a mess off the field and had issues, you would have heard about it. Before. That would have been a big it's, talking point in a narrative going yeah, into this week. Drafts in four days. Correct. The other thing is the wonder look doesn't measure intelligence. It just we've we've taken the wonder look before. It's how you assess and make quick decisions Correct. like that. Bing bada bing bada boom. Because I go and take on the wonder look, I go, please no math, please no math. And like the first questions were math. It want, it's because everything, the long questions are at the beginning. And at the back end are your, your easy questions on how they do it. And, right. and they start out with the math because they want to get you to panic and be like, oh, no, here we go. Okay. And then let me give you this. From ESPN's Rich Simini reporting the 49ers would ask for the moon if they decide to make Debo Samuel available. Simini confirmed that the Jets are, in fact, interested, speculating that the Jets would likely have to give up the 10th overall pick in a deal for Samuel. Mm. So how does that throw the wide receiver prop for a loop? Because that would mean, okay, check that box now for the Jets. They're going to be getting essentially their first run receiver in Debo Samuel. But if they give that number 10 overall pick to the Niners, do they still go wide receiver? And if not, then Niners are off the board for a wide out. Jets are off the board for a wide out. Does that mean we're going to get six, maybe only five receivers in the first round? I still think we're going to get six. I still think we can have a chance at actually getting seven. In the first round. I think seven's happening. I don't think there's enough time to make this trade. Uh, I think the 49ers, they're, they're going to wait and wait and wait. And unless there's a godfather offer, I don't see that happening. The other thing, it appears uh, they're 100% going wide receiver at 10. And Wilson is now plummeting. Wilson is uh, minus 220 to be the first wide receiver selected. Peter King had London going high in, as well in his mock. But it appears every single mock, the Jets are going wide receiver at 10. And more than 90% have him Wilson going there. So Wilson's on minus 220. Yes, first, oh, yes, boy. first wide receiver off the board. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens. The Williams stuff is going to be, uh, uh, everyone's saying he's going to be a star. We're not concerned about the injury. And uh, maybe uh, Williams can sneak in the top 12, top 10. That could happen too. Well, you might see a run on the wide receiver start at eight, actually. Peter King has that uh, today in his column. In his mock draft, he has eight, nine, 10, 11 all wide receivers. Yes. And I think he had seven going in the first round. Right. Uh, but Atlanta, are they going to go Kyle Pitts and then wide receiver back-to-back years? I don't know. With that team, who knows? Anything's up for grabs, I would guess. Let me give you a couple of nuggets from uh, ESPN.com and Matt Miller. He points out, I've mentioned it before, but keep a close watch on the Giants and offensive tackle Charles Cross from Miss State. Yeah. The buzz connecting these two has only continued to heat up as we near the draft. Cross met privately with the Giants recently. They own picks number five and seven. And there yeah. is a belief within their front office that he could be the answer at right tackle a day as a day one starter. Now, again, I'm the messenger here. I'm telling you what I read from uh, Matt Miller. I actually bet Charles Cross under seven and a half at some plus money before I read that column. Peter King also is from that area, lives there. He says he's got them there five two. It appears that that's the pick as well. Okay. Cross to the Giants. Uh, more from Matt Miller. It might just be a late draft season smokescreen, but there is a lot of chatter about the Steelers not being sold on quarterbacks other than Pitts, Kenny Pickett in this class. They famously attended several pro days uh-huh. and had the top quarterbacks on the radar this offseason, but the rumors dominating the next uh, the text lines this week have Pittsburgh potentially going offensive tackle in round one if Pickett is not available. Will Kenny Pickett still be available on the board at number 20? I think there's a good chance. How about Willis, then? How far is he going to plummet? Uh, well, Peter King doesn't have him in the first well, round. That I can't believe, but that's... He only, his two quarterbacks are Pickett and Corral. Corral, I know. That's it. Uh-huh, yep. And there's one more nugget, and this... Oh, God, please. Come on, one time is all I'm asking. 
Um, LSU cornerback Derek uh, Stingley Jr. continues to rise the closer we get to the draft. So high, in fact, that he lands in the top five in his upcoming seven-round mock draft. His physical ability is a given, but teams to whom I've spoken reference his interviews as going exceptionally well and the medical reports coming back clean. Again, there was talk, chatter of him mm. maybe going as high as three to the Texans, which I bet at 101. My God. My God. Well, how high is Sauce going then? Who's taking Sauce? Four? Where's he going to go? Uh, well, can he go three? How about a buddy of ours reaching out and saying yeah. Gardner number two to the Lions? Yeah. Well, based on need, but I don't, uh, I don't see that. I, that would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that our, either Gardner or Stingley remain in play for the Texans at number three. And this whole idea of Mox having Stingley going number 12 to the Vikings, I can't, I bet uh, Stingley under 11 and a half. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine he's going to be there. First corner, sauce, $7. He was three fifty last week. Wow. Yep. Some of these are getting out of control. The Thibodeau thing. I mean, every day it plummets. They move the draft position. They move the juice. Well, how about that? So oh. if you go back during the college football uh, season, he was the favorite to go number one overall uh-huh. Uh-huh. for a long time. Then that slipped, and then his reposition since then has just been, you're exactly right, five and a half under as high as, what, 250, and then they just say, screw it, we're going to move it to four and a half. Oops, nope, not far enough. Got to go to three and a half now. So some, uh, but here's the deal, though. This feels like the Baker Mayfield draft. We didn't really know that season what the hell was happening. When we did the show that day, I think the, the news broke. In the morning, that, hey, look, look, the Browns are probably going to go Baker Mayfield tonight. We're like, wait, what? Really? Threw us off for a loop. Well, Hugh Jackson would have told everybody if Dorsey would have said what the pick was. So he had to keep it from him. Right. <laughs> right. Hugh Jackson's got a big mouth. Look at that. There's a spot now where Walker's actually favored to go number one overall. They just put the graphics up on the screen. Come on. Walker's a buck fifty. Hutch plus 135. Oh, my God. Fast and furious now. And Kyle Hamilton's also all over the board. Yes, he is. You know, uh-huh. depending on who you listen to, he could go as high as seven, maybe even a little bit higher than that. Others have him dropping out of the top 10, top 12. I think I saw him going 13-14 in one mock draft this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have uh, good weather, by the way, out here in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, I'm excited about the fountains, the Bellagio fountains oh, and look what great. that looks like, yes. The, the presentation uh-huh. is going to be incredible uh-huh. on Thursday night. It's going to yeah. be, uh, what a deal this is going to be. We really should get the former mayor on, your buddy. Oscar oh, he, yeah, that would be We awesome. really should get him on. Yeah. I mean, this was gambling's evil. Las oh. Vegas is evil. Now we have a team, the draft. There'll be a Super Bowl coming. <laughs> they can't get enough of this now. What? Money? We want in on this. What? You Total, know, what about your horse? He, oh he, he would actually be the, one of the best guests uh, to have in studio for like an hour. <laughs> yes. And just say, uh, 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 Mayor, can yeah. you take us down memory lane here? Oh. What it was like 20, 25, 30 years ago. Oh, By like... the way, get, I'll give this guy credit. He saw all this coming. He did. He, he wanted all it. this to happen 20, 20 years ago. Nailed it. He met with David Stern. Got the All-Star game here. Yeah. Didn't go well, but we're yep. going to get an NBA team, too. I mean, it just he, he knew what he was doing 20 years ago. Good call. Yep. Uh, up next here, it is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We will get into the NBA, uh, updated playoff numbers. And if this is ever going to happen, why not to this team? At BetRivers.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome back. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon. Compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of 62000 in total cash prizes. DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 only. Please, DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's start this hour with some uh, NBA talk as the coach, David Thorpe, joins the program. ChewHoop.com. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Coach Thorpe. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the time, as always. Two weeks into this now with the NBA playoffs. As we sit here on a Monday morning, um, who's the best team? You know, I'd have to lean Boston only because the team they're playing, uh, even though they're missing Ben Simmons, they haven't had Ben Simmons all season. And people kind of thought with Durant and Harden, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Durant and Kyrie, they'd be some kind of you know special team or hard to knock out. Most of these other teams that have been impressive are beating injured teams, including Philly over Toronto. Uh, Miami, to some degree, Capella was out for a couple of games. That obviously is a big deal. Uh, I would lean Boston, although I have to say Miami's been great. And then I would say the Pelicans are right there. Uh, yes, Phoenix is missing Booker, but... They, they, people, I mean, it's fair to guess they, you still thought Phoenix would be okay against a team that was lucky to be in the playoffs to begin with, or even the play in. And that, that is a battle. And New Orleans seems energized and talented and young. So I would, I would put them in the mix too. Is this a historically great Boston defense with Williams back now and how well they played with him? I think so. Yeah. I, I, they were great all year. Well, as the year went on, they became a great defense, the best in the league. And he's a huge factor. He's such a big factor. He switches well on the perimeter. He rim protects. He brings a ton of energy. And then now they can bring Tice off the bench and have that much more depth uh, inside. Yeah, this is uh, – they're going to be around for a while, guys. I mean, they could lose round two. I get get it. But it won't be in four or five games. Um, we're going to see this kind of defense from here on in. That's, that's how they play. Celtics buck second round sounds pretty good, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I and just – 
just like this series, they'll know exactly where to target. It's a little bit easier for a team like Baltimore. They can really lock in on one thing. And we mm. know it's been KD this time. They'll, they'll do Giannis, very different player for sure. But nonetheless, they'll have a focus, a mission that's very tight. And that, that makes it easier for them as a staff and as players to lock in on the game plan. So what if the Sixers lose this game tonight against Toronto? And it was good to see Scotty Barnes uh, back over the weekend. And now with the Embiid injury, he might not be the same. If they lose this game, I mean, uh-oh, a 3-0 series lead could dissipate, you know, uh, before you could blink, and the Raptors would be absolutely live to steal it then. I, I thought the way that Toronto played without Fred Van Vliet, when I thought, okay, this is trouble for, for Toronto, but uh, Siakam took the point guard position over. Scotty a little bit, mostly Pascal. And Freddie was, has been struggling. His knee is obviously messed up. I don't know what else he heard in the game. I've not seen that he's out this game, but it seems so unlikely that he'd play. Uh, him playing limited minutes might be good for Toronto and bad for Philly because he's nowhere close to the, the player he's been all year. And so I, I think Philly's going to be very tight. Doesn't mean they won't win, but they, they absolutely – I mean, who, who wants to go back to Toronto? Why would you want to do that when you're in a 3-1 series lead? But – this particular team, I still think, is a little bit fragile. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to play great, I think, and then they can put uh, Toronto away. But it's, it's going to be tough. Toronto is playing with some confidence, and getting Scotty back helps their depth a little bit, even if Freddie can play a little bit. And Siakam is a hard matchup for them. Having five will be better now. They couldn't have him in the last two games. But I mean, Siakam's found another level for himself after, after a bad game three and looks to be an all-NBA player again. As a coach and a guy who helps guys shoot as well, how much is this going to bother Embiid then? Yeah, just to be clear, I, I help guys play better basketball. Shooting is just one tiny segment of what we do. But I understand your point. And I have no idea how bad the thumb is, but it's pretty important in a human being to, <laughs> to shoot and to grip and to catch and to, and to defend. And, and I know this for a fact. I played myself. Uh, when you know guys are, got hurt hand, you're coming down a little bit harder. You don't want to foul. At least you shouldn't want to foul. Um, I think it's going to be a target for Toronto. I think Joel is going to be thinking about it a little bit, but I also don't know if he can take a shot or a, a little med- you know, Advil and be able to deal with you know, l- less pain for a couple hours. But uh, uh, he's not been dominating in this series except for one game in four. Uh, Toronto mm-hmm. will have a plan for him tonight. It may not work, but they'll definitely have a plan for him. Okay, this might be hard for you to answer, but what do you expect tonight with the officiating? And you, you saw what happened with Nurse in the first two games. Embiid complained after the last game. You had Monty Williams and Jenkins eviscerate the officials for what they called the disparity. So what do you expect with the home teams tonight? Do you think, and actually, what do you think of the officiating as well and so many coaches complaining? Yeah, um, I think that it's, I think of course, coaches are complaining. They're not going to blame their own players, but I, I mostly have. I have no rooting interest in these games. Mm-hmm. And if I see a bad call, I'm happy to point it out. It doesn't really matter who, uh, uh, who, who makes it on either side. Mostly, I think players are, are making stupid fouls. And uh, they're fouling guys that have, don't have a great chance to finish. It's one thing to foul a guy that clearly is going to finish in a, you know, 80% plus, let's say, or 75% plus. I think some of these teams, some of these players are fouling needlessly. And I think it's the pressure and the excitement and the energy and the adrenaline of a playoff game. And so then you've, and then you've got the geniuses like a Harden, like a Chris Paul, like an Embiid, mm-hmm. that know how to draw contact, whether it's on the, rele- on the, on the, on the, the gather, and then the sweep or the body contact on the drive. Uh, I don't blame referees too much for that. There, there are some bad calls. That's always the case. But I happen to know some referees. I know they're bright dudes. They study the game. They're studying at halftime. They have people over with oversight. Uh, I think the, play, the, the, uh, the refs are doing the best they can. It's not going to suddenly get better. The players have to be better and not fouling low percentage finishes. Well said. It's Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The coach, David Thorpe, our guest, truehoop.com on Twitter at Coach Thorpe. So I'm not suggesting that the Mavericks are better without Luka Doncic. That'd be silly. He's one of the best players in the entire world. But what I am suggesting, and it's a very small sample size, is the possibility of how the Mavericks' style of offense changed when Luka came back, meaning it was more freewheeling when Brunson was leading the point and all these guys were getting open on the perimeter for these open threes. And when Luka has the ball, he's so ball dominant that maybe it's more time off the shot clock. He's going to you know, wind it down before he takes a shot or makes something happen. I think the previous style without Luka actually works better against this Jazz defense. Do you think it remains the same that we saw in game four? And am I on to something? Or is it just such a small sample size that I'm dead, dead wrong on that? 
Well, it can be a small sample size and you still be right. Uh, I think there's an argument that against a team like Utah, where you've got to really get them chasing to get to get Rudy away from the rim, uh, a earlier attack, just early transition stuff, more ball movement, more shot fake or quick attack, get into what I call the second box and kick it out or get to the rim, uh, get them spinning a little bit is the better way. Of course, Luca is such an antidote for almost any defense because he's so talented, but it does play better into uh, to Utah's hands defensively when you're making them move less. It's a, it's, the reality is Luca's good enough to e- even that way to win two of three, even though you're playing against the teeth of Utah's defense more because Luca's so great. It, it probably ends up being nearly 50-50, which is interesting because you don't want that when you have Luca on your team. But in this particular matchup, I think I I didn't think going in this, but after watching the way Jalen played and the way the Mavericks played, um, I think I think the team was a little bit better without Luca. That being said, I think there'll be an adjustment on both sides, meaning mm. offense and defense. We'll see a better game from Dallas, I think. Although Utah may have found something too. Anytime you win a, an exciting game, it, it has at least a chance for the short term of fostering a more connected team. So I think tonight's going to be an incredible game. Both teams feeling better about things. How much trouble are the Suns in? I think they're in trouble. Yeah, I think that uh, the Jones-Alvarado combination is the best rookie defensive combination <laughs> I can ever remember. First of all, there aren't many to begin with. Yeah, right. Defensively, I mean. Th- those are disruptors. They are chaos creators. They're disruptors. They blow your rhythm up. They get you. I mean, Chris Paul doesn't look comfortable dribbling the ball against Alvarado. In major parts of the, of the fourth quarter, uh, the, 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 obviously at home, Phoenix will feel much more confident, but Brandon Ingram is a Jason Tatum like player. He he's, they're posting him up. He's attacking from the perimeter, making, you can get any shot he wants because he's so long and tall. Uh, I think this series has a chance to go the distance now because yeah. the Pelicans have found something defensively and, and there isn't such an easy antidote without Booker. Right. Right. I'll say this. If you could give CP three, like some, uh, truth serum today. And ask him about Alvarado, he would say he'd like to punch him right in the face. <laughs> I th- honestly, sure. what I think he'd really—I think you're, I get your point. Yeah, <laughs> I think he would say, "I love this cat." Mm. I, I really yeah. think he sees himself. Obviously, Chris Paul is a more talented player. Sure. Heck, at that age, I mean, Alvarado's 24. Chris Paul was in the league four years, whatever. But I think he respects what he's doing, and it's real. There's nothing fake about what this guy's doing. I don't know how many years he can do it? It takes so much energy. Mm-hmm. But he, he is a absolute defensive disruptor in, in the best way possible. And then combine that with Herb Jones, you just got to play solid the other three positions, and you're going to be a plus defensive team yep. because those two guys are unbelievable. Ingram was awesome, too. What mm-hmm. a player he's become. What's, what are you doing That's at True it. Hoop? What are you working on? Well, we're doing a little investigation on big men. Why some big men, like Valanciunas, get a chance to play a lot. Other ones, like Steven Adams, suddenly miss a lot of time. Why Bam Adebayo might be struggling in some games. We're just looking into... The, the challenge of being a big man in, in the postseason after I've already written about what they do so on the regular season. It's, a, it's an interesting mix for big men getting a lot of minutes and then no minutes at all. Yeah, that's a really good angle. Yeah, no doubt. You brought up two great examples there with Valanchunas and then Steven Adams, who basically can't even get on the court. Uh, that's truehoop.com and follow him on Twitter. He is at Coach Thorpe. Uh, thanks for the time as always. Enjoy the games tonight. Thanks, guys. Be safe. Yep, you too. Eye on the Pelicans. And then what happens in the second round? Any which way here, right? Oh, God. I mean, you like you already said that you bet the Mavericks to win the whole thing because they would set up well against the Suns. And I was well, pissed because I bet them before the game. And they, they're up uh, four with 30 seconds. Yeah. They're beating Phoenix. My God, Utah might go to the conference finals. They stink. <laughs> it could happen. Pelicans could do it, too. The Pelicans could beat the Jazz. Yeah. I mean, it's, how about Charlotte firing their coach? Ten-game improvement back-to-back yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, that, that was out of nowhere, out of left field. Up next, some alarming numbers and quotes in Major League Baseball. Wait until you hear what one veteran pitcher said. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on VSEN. NFL Draft is coming up this week, Thursday night, right here in Las Vegas. And uh, let's talk about some of the bets that are available, and uh, our buddy, NFL handicapper, senior strategist for Covers.com, Adam Chernoff, joins the program now. Good morning, pal. How are you? Doing fantastic. We finally have some meaningful football to bet on in one way or another. Yes, we really do. Not the USFL. Let's go NFL draft here. Uh, so what? Like, do you have a best bet 
that you made already, or would you group it all kind of like in one and say that you have three or four best bets? I've got about 20. So I don't know how we want to handle this on air. (laughs) We really want to go rapid fire, but there's um, not one that I'm necessarily leaning a lot more on. It's been kind of a, a weird draft year for me with the legalization we had here in Canada with sports betting at the start of April that kind of took three weeks away. So I'm kind of just all over the place, but I've got uh, a lot of action, to put it lightly. Okay. A quick question, because we saw this where you saw wide receivers as low as five and a half. What's the most you'll lay? I mean, if a winner's a winner, I guess what's the difference? What's the most you'll lay with juice? For the draft, it shouldn't matter because mm-hmm. the, the book's – generally don't know either we're all playing from the same pool of information that we find and so in any sport ever if you have an edge on something it shouldn't necessarily matter but when it comes to the draft it really shouldn't matter you'll you should be laying the price if you think that it's right because this is a market that is beatable and you can find an edge in a lot of different places so it doesn't matter the price if it's a big number but you have good info lay the number i'll give you an example uh buddy that we know Professional sports better, Paulie. He showed me the ticket last year, Adam. Uh, he laid seventy thousand to win two thousand with Lawrence to go first overall. There you go, and that was a no doubter from the start. Right, exactly. So you you like safeties over one and a half. Um, I've heard people make a case the other way, saying it's only going to be Kyle Hamilton. But you're pretty convinced that uh, two are going to go in the first round. I am. Good place to start um, over one and a half for safeties, as you mentioned. Hamilton's kind of a no doubter in that mm-hmm. first half of the draft probably go before 14th, 15th. He'll be gone in the first half. But then I think that really opens up the opportunity for Daxton Hill to go later in the first round. And so that's another bet that I've taken as well. That one is around minus 160. The total safeties is a little bit higher, uh, but really like both of those just because Hill has been associated with a number of teams later in the first round. And so I think we're going to see him go. And then just as nobody's doubting Hamilton at this point, that safety's over one and a half. Really good bet to make two. That one's up around minus 250 at the moment. Okay. You also think that Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State's going to go top 10? Yeah, I'm looking at that one as mm-hmm. another really good spot. Uh, again, there's in the, from the five to nine range, there's a number of teams there that are tied to Wilson or tied directly to a wide receiver one way or another. So I think he's a really good shot here for a very wide receiver heavy first round. So to go top 10, he's at minus 210, which I still think provides a lot of value at that number. And then also Wilson to be the first wide receiver off of the board. You can still find that at plus money around plus 110. Uh, I think that's a really good look too, because to me as many great wide receivers as there are in this first round, a lot of the commentary and news that are coming up from teams, they just have him rated yep. higher than everyone else. There's kind of this drop-off from Wilson to the rest of the board. I know there's been a lot of hype around Williams, mm-hmm. uh, but Wilson's always been that guy that's sort of separated, and that's been something that has really been shared by a lot of different teams. So I think with how many teams are needing a wide receiver early in that first round, I think we see Wilson go early. I think we see him go first. So minus 210 in the top 10, and then first overall plus 105 is a really good one. Yep, that appears to be a winner. Terrific breakdown. So the, the run starts maybe at eight on all these wide receivers, and then so where, where do you have Olave going? So I have Olave under 16 and a half, and where these wide receivers get interesting is obviously Williams in London. They're getting a lot of hype for um, just going earlier in the first round, but I feel like just reading a lot of the team comments, comments from GMs, the way that the league overall is kind of going, there's a big priority on speed. And Olave, of course, ran a sub 4-3-40, was the fastest guy at the Combine. So his over-under is 16.5. There's actually two books still this morning, which is surprising to me to have him at 17.5. So you can find that. I think the under is the look there. As we get into that like 10, 11, 12 range, we see the Jets, we see Washington, and then you have 14, 15, 16, Ravens, Eagles, Saints. There's a lot of potential for wide receivers to be gone there. And so if Wilson goes a little bit earlier, we know the Jets need a wide receiver desperately, but there's some trade rumors with Samuel. We'll see how that plays out. 
I think the earlier Wilson goes, the better this ultimately becomes. But I think that priority on speed that is just given within the league, and we're seeing from a lot of these teams from 10 to 16, the Olave under, I think is a really good look still. I'll say it at 16 and a half here on air. Uh, but if you can find 17 and a half, look around. As always, with sure. any of these props, you'll find different prices. Uh, but that's a good one there. Let's follow the money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Chernoff covers com. Our guest, he joins us uh, every single week during the football season. Great at betting this sport. So a question, by the way, about betting with legal books now in Canada. Uh, are they taking decent bets on the draft? So far from what I've heard and seen as well as experienced, it's been pretty solid. Um, availability has been interesting because we're seeing a lot of the same books in the U.S. actually have different offerings in Ontario. And so I didn't, I didn't necessarily expect that to be the case. It's not in the way that it's necessarily like unique. We're getting different stuff. We're actually just getting less. And so I don't entirely know why that is yet, um, but that's kind of been the only thing that's been a hangup. Uh, but in terms of getting bets down, I haven't heard anything too crazy aside from the usual suspects, okay. which tend to have uh, limits on liability. Okay, so I'm high on Stingley as well in this draft. I have several bets on him. Uh, you're also high on uh, Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. By the way, we had a guest on last week, Adam, uh, who's covered, who's done this for like 36 years. He lives in Louisiana. He said he's the third best player he's ever seen play at LSU. How are you approaching Stingley's draft props? I, I believe that too. I think he's another top 10 guy, and you can get him at minus 200 to go in the top 10. So I completely agree with that. And again, there's a lot of teams within the top 10 that have expressed very similar interest to what you were saying, where they're looking at him as one of the the better talents they've seen coming into the draft. And in some ways, that's gone maybe a little bit under the radar as there's been so much focus on these defensive linemen at the top of the draft. But I think Stingley's going to be a guy that goes very early within that top 10. So if you can find them still uh, right around that minus 200 mark, like we talked about at the start, it's a bigger number, but I think it's a number that's well worth laying because this should be uh, higher than it is right now, for sure. You also noticed a, a number on Booth where you wanted to bet over his number. What was that number, and uh, did you have to lay uh, decent juice on that, or was it okay? Yeah, so this was an interesting one yesterday in terms of the bettors that uh, ultimately bet it into a number of different accounts, and then there was a release off of that as well from a service because uh, what was interesting about Booth at 28 and a half specifically uh, going over was his injury history is pretty lengthy and he's coming off of a double sports hernia surgery, but there's also issues that he has uh, in his core. And so the injury that he currently is dealing with goes pretty deep here. And I know there's a lot of hype, on him coming into the draft. And there's a lot of people just sort of judging his talent, but he was tied directly to new England and Buffalo. And there was some pretty strong subjective evidence that that could be where he ultimately goes. And new England has this history of a team as sort of the last guys that they visit with. There's that one week cutoff before teams are no longer allowed to visit with players. They had him in last minute. And since they had him in, the tone around Booth going to New England has essentially died out. It's really, really changed. Mm. And the same thing has happened with Buffalo. And so it seems like the medical that came back on Booth was not so great. And he just looks like a guy that with dealing with that, just sort of reading what some of the quotes are coming out, uh, could very well slip out of the first round. And so there were teams, again, tied to him late first round. They seem to have moved elsewhere. And so at over 28 and a half with his injury history, always like to take an over on a guy sliding when he's got those injuries uh, so close to the draft. I think Booth, with just how many other corners there are, um, I think he's going to ultimately slide. So at 28 and a half, um, that was hit pretty hard by a number of betters yesterday. That's gone up a little bit. You can still find the 28 and a half if you can see about a minus 150. I think with all the injury concerns around Booth, that's still a really good look to go over with Booth at 28 and a half. Yep, well said. And again, that ties into Paul's first question. Like, okay, if you know, like if you're convinced something's going to happen, $1.50, okay, it's the draft, man. I mean, like we said with Trevor Lawrence last year, it was basically a lock he was going to go number one overall, and people were betting, you know, to get a, a good start on the draft. We'll continue with one more segment here with Adam Chernoff. We'll get some of, some of his other best bets that he has for the draft. We will also... 
discuss a story that we brought up last week, the impact this will potentially have on live betting in the NFL, and Adam's thoughts on that coming up next here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers give you more reasons to root, root, root for the home team with a Tuesday 20% profit boost on all MLB games. Log in tomorrow, place your, place your bets on the money line point spread, or we'll hit the long ball. You're in a 20% profit boost on any baseball game. Terms and conditions apply. Log on to betrivers.com or download the app and place your bets. We continue talking NFL draft. It is this week, Thursday night, here in Las Vegas. Adam Chernoff, friend of the show, covers.com, senior strategist on the horn with us for one more segment here. You also have a bunch of uh, team bets with what they're going to do with their first overall pick um, that they have. You can run this down if you'd like, and a bunch of these are at plus money, so go ahead, pal. The floor is yours. Sure, let's go rapid-fire on these ones. So Steelers' first pick to be a quarterback. Um, 
anyone who looks at any news or quotations or anything that comes out from coaches and GMs should see this one is pretty obvious for why it's being bet. Um, at this point, Willis might as well just move in with Mike Tomlin. <laughs> He's been, he, he made the senior bowl trip. He went to Liberty. They were eating together. He hired a QB coach that has running back history. Uh, he brought him into Pittsburgh for a weekend. Like there's so many ties between the Pittsburgh and how open they are for a QB. Is Trubisky the answer? I don't think anyone thinks it is. So plus 125, uh, I think that one's really good. Cowboys first pick to be an offensive lineman. Um, Michael Gelkin had a quote uh, from Jerry Jones directly a couple of weeks ago. And Jones said that he is going to take an offensive lineman unless it's a situation like Lamb or Parsons. And what he was referring to was unless there's going to be a situation where just a ridiculous talent falls all the way down to him, he's going to be drafting an offensive lineman. And what it looks like is if there's a position group that's going to be sliding down further in the first round, it's probably going to be the quarterbacks. And obviously Dallas doesn't need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And there's a very deep class of offensive linemen that will likely make it down to Dallas. So I think Cowboys, based on what Jerry Jones has been saying, to take an offensive lineman plus 125, I think that's a really good one. Falcons wide receiver with their first pick. There's a lot of rumors and buzz about sauce going to Atlanta. But the interesting thing is when you look at the betting market, that position for Atlanta has been around six to one for the duration, the prop, uh, prop markets have been up. So I don't think the Falcons go anything but wide receiver with the Ridley news. It's become very apparent that they need to find a receiver. There's a lot of great talent at the top end of the wide receiver class. Falcons are at eight. I think they absolutely go wide receiver and everything coming out of Atlanta would go a long way to confirm that. And then Vikings to take a cornerback with their first pick. Obviously, Zimmer is out. But Adolfo Mensa, the GM, as well as O'Connell, the head coach, they had a pretty candid interview. And they were saying that the defensive back position is no longer one that they can ignore. And this has been a team that's gone offensive line heavy the last few drafts. But these guys are looking at the team. There's not really a need on the O-line. There's not a need at quarterback. They just paid Cousins. There's not a need at wide receiver. There's not a need on the D-line. Everything that Minnesota is talking about goes to that cover position. O'Connell said he's looking for guys with the cover skill set. They can do multiple things and be physical at the line of scrimmage. And that's who they're looking for with their first pick. Everything from Minnesota points towards them taking a cornerback plus 130. I think that's a really good one. And then there's two that I played together, which sort of work together. They're both at plus money. It took Green Bay and Kansas City, both to take a wide receiver with their first pick. I'm hoping to get one of the two and make a profit, if not both. Um, probably the squarest bets that I've made of any draft prop, but I think where they are in the draft and some of these wide receivers that are going to fall, um, I think that looks really good for at least one of them, if not both of them, to take a wide receiver as both of those teams desperately need one with everything that's gone on in the offseason. So I think we get one of two, if not both, taking a wide receiver late in the first round. When did you notice the markets going crazy and Walker becoming the favorite to go number one? Yesterday at about 4 to 5 p.m. is when we first saw two books specifically. They went to about minus 130 and minus 140. And then overnight, we've seen that market completely flip. And within the last 45 minutes, just before coming on air, it's really got out of control. Um, Peter King had his mock draft. That's always popular. Seldom is it really correct all the way through. We'll leave it at that. But um, it always has influence. People are betting it. Um, but now we've seen this completely flip uh, between Walker and Hutchinson at one, two. I, I don't know the people I trust a lot with this are betting Walker, uh, but that's now potentially gone in terms of value. But the move started yesterday afternoon. Yeah. The move started before PK's mock draft. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. But I think this is kind of falling over with people chasing that. So we talked about this last week. It's a non-draft topic, but you also tweeted about it. The idea of the Sunday ticket moving from DirecTV to Apple and what that's going to be like watching it for NFL consumers and betting it live. If there's going to be, let's say, a 45 second delay, 60 second delay, maybe even more than that. Who the hell knows at this point? But what, what, what are your early thoughts on how that could affect 
approaching betting the NFL from a live in-game standpoint? I wish I knew more about the tech side of Apple because I know Amazon really goes out of their way to reduce the latency within stream and they have it around 12 seconds. But I think we all know listening to this, all of our TV feeds are behind the data feed that provides sports books with the in-play odds. That's always going to be the case. Where that tweet came from was sort of on the heels of a Morgan Stanley report that showed 26% of in-play handle at DraftKings during the NFL season last year came from these micro bets, which is people betting play by play. And that's a significant number when you consider how big in-play handle is overall, but then how many betters that actually impacts. And so now if this ends up going through and Sunday ticket goes to Apple TV+, Plus, I think we've all experienced streams with sports that are well behind TV feeds, let alone well behind data feeds. But my question was, if this falls behind the duration of a play clock in football, which is 40 seconds, let's say everybody now, because of the medium switch, is 50 seconds behind the data feed. Well, what happens to this 26%, which represents a huge pool of bettors who are now betting using their TV feed, which might be 15, 20 seconds, but still within the play clock, they can go along. But now if they're behind an extra 20 seconds, and that play has already happened before they're even looking at their sports book because the delay is expanded. What happens to those players? So there's a lot that I don't know about it. And I think a lot of people are uncertain, but that'll be very interesting to see if that delay expands. Um, because if it does, that might yep. impact a lot more betters than we think it does. Yep. Three minutes yep. left. This has happened to all three of us. Uh, and I, I want to know, curious, your thoughts uh, on who you talk to in the sports betting community. But this blew up with James Salinas on the VEASAN here over the weekend. There's got to be a better relationship between the better and the sports book. But you cannot have a customer come to the window and say, give me this, and then change, move the number without taking a bet. To me, that should be illegal. How often does this happen? It happens so often. I get messages all the time about people having this experience at different sports books. It's honestly, when we're looking at it, we're being honest, it's thievery because it's information being shared by the better. In the case of James and Brady, they were telling the story. He had information on Thibodeau. He went to the sports book to use that information to Mm -hmm. make a bet. They took the info from him. They took the money from him. They did not give him the bet. That in many ways for a sports book where there is an exchange of information between the book and the player That is outright thievery, and it's an absolute shame that it happens, but this is what we're living in now where the majority of sportsbooks are not bookmakers. They are marketing companies that are trying to identify losing players and take everything they can from them while sifting out the winners and sending them elsewhere. They should be interested and happy to receive that information they're getting from bettors. Instead, they're taking it to negate their risk screwing over the people that have it and not willing to take a bet. It's an absolute shame, but it's the world that we're living in now where it's sports books that are marketing companies and not sports books that are bookmakers. And something has to change. And it's unfortunate regulators can't step in because I don't think the majority of regulators have a clue what's going on because none of them bet either. And very few of them have been bookmakers either outside of Nevada. So it's a shame what's happening in so many different states, and it's just a terrible experience for a lot of players. And this isn't just impacting that high end. This is impacting a lot of people in a lot of different markets, and more people need to talk about it. And so I'm glad they did that video. I'm glad we can talk about it here because this is something that desperately needs to change quickly. 100% should be illegal, no doubt. Absolutely. Yep. Follow him on Twitter. He is at Adam Chernoff. Good to talk to you again, pal. Enjoy the draft. Thanks very much. You guys enjoy it too. Yep. Uh, covers.com senior strategist Adam Chernoff. Okay, uh, I was firing away on bets while he was talking. Grabbed a couple uh, during that time, and I've noticed that a lot of books, most of them, have adjusted now on the number one overall pick odds. Up next, we will get into today's NBA card and a look at updated series prices here on Follow the Money It's Beast and the Sports Betting Network. v the Sports Betting Network. 
Bet Rivers gives you more reasons to root, root, root for the home team with a Tuesday 20% profit boost in all Major League Baseball games. Log on tomorrow. Place your bets on the money line point spread or who will hit the long ball and you will earn 20%. A profit boost in any baseball game. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Peanuts and hot dogs are not included. Log on to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app and place your bets. This just in NBA tonight. Game four, Celtics-Nets. The officials for the game, Brian Forte, Sean Wright, and your buddy, Scott Foster. Yep. So what does that mean? I, Is, I think it'd be more, it'd help out the Celtics more because, well, he had his, he had the sick run years ago where it was nothing but road teams. I think like 15 straight road teams won games officiated by Foster. That was, that was like four or five years ago, though. Um, but he might be on it to extend the series. Is it the Lewis guy? Did you say Lewis? No. For, um, Miss Lewis? Okay, because Lewis is the guy that won 15 in a row with the Celtics when he's been on it. In any event, there's no home court to speak of. Uh, there was right. plenty of Boston fans there. They're loud. I cannot believe the Nets are favored in this game. It's a horrendous ATS run as a home favorite. Horrendous. 3-25? and 25, it's, it's four, I'll get the overall numbers yeah, here on the season. Yeah. Um, Durant has six points in the paint in the series. Kai D and KD and Kyrie had 32 points combined in Game 3. Celtics points off turnovers, 37. How about these silly turnovers that he had as well? Game 1 and Game 3. Sure. I mean, there were there were great tweets, too, about um, Simmons saw what Tatum did. So he's like, okay, that's it. My back flared up. I don't want any part of that after he went crazy, too. But it's a different ball game here, too, that you're the favorite to win the title before the season starts. You have aspirations of winning the whole thing, and now you could get swept. So I, I really expect a rollover tonight, especially if things get off to a slow start. The supporting cast has been has played well, and they're still down 0-3. Actually, the supporting cast has been the best part of the whole yeah, team. Brown's played well. Dragic early in the series. Uh, Blake Griffin hit big Gave shots. That, right? that was the first time he played, what, in three right. weeks? Uh, the ISO against Jalen Brown. A little help here. Well, but that I, was yeah. just – it continues to be – it's a historically great defense. The numbers since the start of the year have been ridiculous. I cannot believe the Nets were sent out the favorite in the series at a couple of books. Oh, that was now I know they 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 could have won game one, but it's 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 lunacy here. I mean, this team is ridiculous. So many guys that they're throwing at Durant, how they're playing them, sending two three guys at the same time, the silly turnovers, uh, and the fact that he, he's look at the shot attempts or lack thereof with Durant. Okay, you want the official numbers here? He's shooting 36%. He had 11 shots in Game 3. By the way, he looks really old, too. The whole team looks really old. It's Durant. It's um, Griffin, like I said. It's Dragic. It's others on the team. Brown's the only guy who looks spry. Uh, Irving mm-hmm. just looks like he's out of gas, and that's what happens when you fast like he did and when he didn't play pretty much the entire season, and he was questioning why we're not gelling at this point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Nets on the year. 528-1 at home as a favorite. That's 15.2%. The next worst team in the league, Milwaukee, 14-25, and 25, 36%. My God. It's a runaway train. Yeah. The other thing, they continue to take the worst shot in basketball, which is the long two. It's been a record amount the last two games. And that's just also Udoka and coaching and make them t- it's just these long twos. Oh, Be my guest. Here, here's the thing. like the, the difference in coaching is night and day, but also – it's players on the Celtics who are buying into the coaching. I said this earlier. Steve, yep. I don't even know if Steve Nash, what, what he does. I switching honestly don't every, know. It took a while, but the switching oh, everything. Yeah. And right. yep. But I I mean, Nash does nothing, right? He, he's, he provides zilch as a coach to this Nets team. But I really question how many guys across the league would actually offer anything as a coach with the way that this team operates. It's, it, this is truly the definition of throw the basketball out there, guys, yep. and go make something happen. Can you believe the point spread? Number one, how bad the Nets have been as a home favorite. Number two, getting blown out. And, and Durant, Durant was just looking to pass in the fourth quarter. Okay, here you go. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want any part of this. I, you know what? I, I can't trust anything with Scott Foster. I really can't. I, I will not be surprised tomorrow for on the air saying, no, we're, we're going to go five games. He extended it. Terrible call. I mean, how many examples do we need of home teams getting a friendly whistle now in the playoffs? It's this been, it's been unwatchable basketball. This, uh, yeah, this has got to stop. I mean, it, it's... You're right. Between all the fouls, both teams in the bonus, one team in the bonus, the free throw disparity, 45-minute quarters. Oh. Last night, back-to-back nights, 
You had coaches call, saying this is I've never seen this before. It's, it's unprofessional, arrogant. It's the most absurd game I've ever I can recall. Yeah, and That's you know, back to, last night. It was forty-two fifteen in favor of the Pelicans. It was seventeen to two in the first half. Paul didn't get to the free throw line for the game. Right. And then after what happened with the Memphis game, how many trips to the line? And then the Utah Dallas debacle, which Utah only scored a hundred points. They shot forty what forty-two free throw attempts. And then yes. the Mitch, and then the league comes out with their two-minute report. Uh, yeah, they blew the call uh, with 30 seconds left. Mitchell Mitchell elbowed a guy in the face and it should have been called. Don't well, you love that? Not only did he get, the, not only does it not called, he got the ball back and they got an and one. Of course, bottom to win the game. Mm-hmm. That's 99-95 Mavericks with like no time left. And yeah, they lose the game. The series is over with. It's three-one yeah, Mavericks yeah. without that. Now you said it earlier. You're right. This really becomes squeaky bum time. It's the perfect storm here. If Toronto gets this game tonight. Because you already have the coach who's blown the most 3-1 leads in history. Oh, yes. And then you have uh, – Twitter will explode. It's Doc Rivers. It's Embiid. It's it's 3-0. It's, then it's 3-1. Oh, man. I'm very tempted. Barnes back. I don't know what happened with Van, Van Vliet. But. Did, you, did you notice what the series price was before game four? Were the Raptors around 50-1? I thought it was 30. Was it 30? Or is okay. it 30 now? It, no, it, no, it no, 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 it's 18? Uh, 20 is the best I can find okay. right now. I'm seeing 17. I'm very tempted to take Raptors uh, 20 to yeah. one. To win I think the it was 30. Yep. Uh, although would the rollover be better? Yes. They're catching probably. seven and a half tonight. Uh, be around pick them. If they go to a game six rollover might be a better way to do it. I, I got to do the math on that. The Mavs are a dollar 35 at William Hill. They're 170 at bet rivers and DraftKings. Uh, I'm seeing Toronto 16 to one there take back as well. Memphis minus 340 adjusted series price. Boston and Miami, both the same series price. And now uh, the, that, take that's, ba- the take okay. backs 20. The take well, actually it's higher now in Miami, but you're seeing 20 30 to one take back on both Atlanta and uh, and the and the uh, Nets. The other the, thing that's heard, pretty ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. The Celtics should be a bigger favorite over the, the yeah, Heat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but well. Well, it comes down to point spreads, though, too. You're not going to get a big point spread in, in those games. Oh, I understand My, that. Miami's but, going to be a lot. But what, what, what can happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. what could happen? The Celt- the, the, I'm sorry, the Hawks could win the next three, or the Nets are going to yeah. win the next four. The and Nets I, are not winning the next four games. I saw a lot of people tweet. I, I know the injury is huge, but I saw a lot of people tweet about, oh, boy, there's no way the Suns lose this series. And uh, if you have credit, let, unleash hell on this. Then the Booker, they were, as I saw, 3,800 after yep. game one. On Phoenix to win well, that series. We, we talked about that on Friday, and I said I was very tempted to parlay the Bucks and the Suns. It was minus 116. Because I said the overreaction on the Bucks and the Middleton injury was... Uh, oh, the, you nailed that. The, minus 250 on the Bucks to win the series when he got hurt and it was tied at one? What? That's a lose some. The Bulls make the playoffs for the first time in five years, and they're run out in both games? Both games at that's home. A, that's historic. That is now three straight home playoff games they've lost by 20 or more. Is that right? That's historic, yes. Uh, Grayson but no. Allen. I know. Eat them alive. But that's the thing that can, that can happen. You don't expect right. it every game, but in like a, a one-game deal or a two-game deal, other players can step up when Middleton goes yeah. down. That's what happened. And Freak is just unstoppable. They and were maybe, too, and maybe the, oh, it's and the unreal. Pe- the Pelicans may have found something pounding Phoenix down low, too. But the other thing, I, I they're not beating whoever. I don't even care if it's Utah. I can't see Phoenix making the conference finals. I can't see it. That's how much they miss Booker, and 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 I know Dallas will beat them, and that's why well, I bet twenty five to one to win it all. So I think they can get. I can get. I can get to the conference finals, and I have Luca, and now playing with a lot of confidence and Kleba and Brunson. Now, how long is Booker out for? Well, that's all over the map, but I, I'm hearing at least two weeks. Initially, it was games three and four, and, then that ramped up to a couple of weeks. Right. Okay. I, I would disagree with one thing, but that's because I'm completely anti-Utah. I think the Suns would still be good enough to beat the Jazz in a, in a seven-game series. I just I don't like this Jazz team at all. I've made that abundantly clear here, and the numbers have been... <laughs> they are they are awful at times, and they might go to the conference finals. Everything's opened up. I don't even say that. I know. Don't even it's say possible. that. It's possible. It's in play. I mean, Dallas is only laying three tonight. How did Luka not affect the point spread in game four? I, I was shocked by that. Yeah, good point. And then they, they blow it late. With what transpired. But again, Utah's been begging to get beat this whole time. And yeah. here we are, series tied to two. Uh, how about some? How about the props? You imagine we get Jazz I, Pelicans? Very, very possible. It is, yeah. Um, I like Curry under 11.5. More on that coming up. Durant's 28.5. 
He's going to score 29 points. Tatum's 31 and a half. He's on, dude, he's out of gas. Brown's 14 and a half. Not only is Durant fatigued, but again, he's talked about that throughout the entire series, the way that they're defending him. To me, you have to play Embiid under two. It's going to give him problems, his thumb injury. I I would agree. What's his number? 27 and a half. So they've really adjusted that number then. Okay. All right. Uh, In-pocket plays are next. And you know what? We all owe this guy in the sports betting space an apology. We'll explain why coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.